you want to figure out how to frame yourself to be the authority, or you could call it the type A, or the one who is, let's say, up here. Because if, if your investor views you as way down here, they're never giving you money. You're listening to The Faster Freedom Show, hosted by us, Sam Prim and Lucas Walls, investors, entrepreneurs, and best friends. Two millennial Midwesterners who started a real estate side hustle and now own $40 million in rentals without using any of our own money. Now we're two average guys teaching other people how to use real estate investing to create financial freedom and generational wealth. If you're ready to learn how to take control of your future using real estate investments the simple way and have fun while doing it, you're in the right place. Let's start today's show. All right. Hello and welcome to the Faster Freedom Show. My name is Sam and this is not Lucas. I have a special guest with me today, Mikey Taylor. Now, if you don't know who he is and I told you that name, you'd be like, he's got to be a celebrity because Mikey Taylor's like, you either got to be an actor, like an athlete. You got to be something because, like Sam Prim's a boring name. Mikey Taylor, you were you were born with that name. Like you had a lot of pressure to be something special, and it looks like you you have fulfilled that. So, welcome, Mikey. I appreciate you being on here. I'll let you kind of introduce yourself and give the audience your little 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 intro pitch. But um, I connected with Mikey recently on Instagram. He uh, kind of did a little remix of one of my videos, and somebody sent it to me, and I was like. Uh-oh, he's going to rip into me. He's going to rip into me. He's going to rip into me. And then then I let him, uh, then I watched the rest of it. And you were basically saying, yeah, you grabbed their attention with a big debt talk. And then you backed it up with some actual information. So anyways, Mikey, for those of my audience that don't know you, um, let me know a little bit about yourself. Talk to me because me and you aren't even really acquainted yet. Right. So first off, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, real quick, uh, you know, my, my, look, my birth name is Michael. It's, it's very standard and basic. Uh, the switch happened. I became a professional skateboarder when I was about 19 years old and I was, I skated professionally from 19 to 34 and, you know, very quickly you start feeling, feeling old in a, in a more youthful industry. And so I was trying to figure out ways to like give myself more longevity. And I was like, man, just like, you know, cut my name in half and add a Y this is going to give me like an extra five years. And then at that point, my my name recognition or brand really, really took off. And then by the time I was 30, I'm like, it's Mikey from here on out. So that's that was my first career. Uh, it was phenomenal. It was like a dream come true, except I picked a career that didn't have much longevity in general. And two, we didn't make the type of money that other athletes made. So we had to be like really, really disciplined on what we were making. And I ultimately tried to position myself. So once my career ended... I wasn't going to be in the typical scenario that other athletes were in, which was, oh my gosh, now what, what do I do? Who am I? The whole, you know, challenge that athletes have. So how I did that, uh, I lived like I was broke so that I could invest as much as I possibly could. At that time, you know, it was a lot of stock markets, you know, stocks, bonds, maybe some more basic conventional stuff. Then I started investing in storage units. And then right around 30, I started my first business. And I started a craft brewery in San Diego called St. Archer. And then we, we did really well with that business. We, we ended up selling it to Molson Coors in 2015, which then led to me starting my current business, which is a private equity real estate firm. It's called Commune Capital. Uh, and what we invest in, uh, storage units, multifamily apartments, and then we have a, a debt fund as well. And then I use social media to you know find great content like yours and highlight it and also kind of educate you know, at least our community on how money works and, you know, the importance of 
uh, planning for your future because you go from 18 to 40 in a blink of an eye. Yeah, no, that is awesome. We will unpack a lot of that. So kind of sounds like you dabbled in business and had a business mindset, even though you were, um, you know, a skater kid at heart. So I think you're basically a, a, uh, a businessman masquerading around on, on a, a board with wheels for several years, right? Is that kind of what it sounds like? Yeah, that's, look, when I was, when I went to school, like I always thought I was going to be an attorney, uh, I, skateboarding was never, skate, I fell in love with skateboarding and didn't want it to end, but I never thought that was going to be a career. And then when it happened, uh, I, I noticed that I was very different than most of my friends. Uh, like you don't talk about money and skateboarding. You don't really talk about business or success. And so I kind of had like, I was living two lives in some regard. And I had like a handful of friends that were into business as well. And we had this like, almost like secret community where like we would get together, like, you know, (laughs) behind closed doors and talk about some of this stuff. Don't tell our buddies. We're talking, we're talking investing. Don't tell our buddies. We got to be cool. But you know what? That would have got you, that would have got you kicked out of the skate industry. Like that, that, especially back then, that's something you you just did not do. And even when I started talking about it afterward, uh, oh, the amount of heat I got, it was, it was intense. Yeah, I would, I would imagine. So, do you like have, like, I would imagine, you know, skating. You know, you fall a lot, practice, try new things. There, you just got like busted up ankles. Are they like, you know, the size of like basketballs, or not too bad? Yeah, you know what? Like, my dad actually said this to me the other night. He was like, "I can't believe you didn't get hurt more than you did." And and like even now, like I made it out, like kind of unscathed, like couple like here and there things, but nothing that bad. I got lucky in that regard. Yeah. So I, I basically made it out on skate. I, I, you know, I had, you know, some injuries, but nothing that major. And, uh, now like my body like fully works 40 years old, still, still kicking. That that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Cause no matter, I mean, what sports you play, it kind of wears down your body, even, you know, the, the quote unquote golf, you know, sport that people, you know, don't, don't think is as much of a physical, which is not obviously like football. They're not running into each other, you know, head first, but just that wear and tear and competitive and repetitive motions, I think would, would do a little number on you. But it sounds like you are um, always maybe had a little bit of a longer term vision in mind. You were either incredibly talented to never screw up and fall that much, or you always had in your back of your head, like, I don't want to hurt myself that bad. So I'm going to, you know, be extra careful here. Yeah, you know what? When I was young, I I got I, I was given some wisdom that uh, I still use today. It was a freaking gem. Uh, Rob Deerdick was uh, was kind of one of my mentors growing up, and right when I turned pro, I was with him in Reno, and he looked at me and he goes, "Do not be a flash of the band. Do not make decisions based on the moment. I I, I want you to be thinking ten years out, ten year career." And so when he said that, it it ten years seemed like you know. Eternity. It seemed so far out. But when he said it, I was like, okay, even from the, the point of like what tricks I did, I was always mindful of like not doing a trick that I could never, you know, do something better than. And how do I really stretch this thing out? And I, I think that's what led to me having such a long career. I mean, a 10 year career is like kind of unheard of. And I ended up going 14 years. So a lot of that was because of him. And uh, so you're basically, you're basically, you just said you're like Tom Brady and LeBron James of your sport with the longevity. That's basically what you compared yourself to. So I, I agree. And without the talent, <laughs> I was not the best though. <laughs> I, was I was just teeing you up. I told you I was going to razz you. I told you I was going to razz you a little bit, but that, so that's, that's, good. that's awesome. So I watched some of your stuff as well too. I think I'd probably seen a couple of your videos. You looked familiar, but I wasn't like, you know, checked in. You are, um, you know, obviously extremely versed in, in real estate. And there's some people that make their, um, you know, 
cachet in another sport, like an actor or musician or athlete. Then they come over to the real estate and investing side. And that's awesome. Like, like more power to them. That's incredible. But you can tell like they kind of are just, you know, they don't have as much knowledge or experience in it. And they're just kind of not regurgitating what other people say, but just kind of using their platform to get somebody else's message out and not owning it, but just not as authentic and real. Um, and on the other side, you have someone like me that like has no cachet, no anything, did play quarterback in high school, no big deal, but um, no, like no way to bring people in other than my content, right? Like it's not the best content out there, but the only way I've been able to draw a couple million people in through all the social medias is through content. So I, I'm uh, a content snob, I guess to say, and I checked yours out and yours is awesome. So you, you definitely back up what you say and you can tell that you know what you're talking about. So when did this like uh passion for real estate? Cause it sounds like you, you know, did the, you know, did the, the brewery deal and you've done, you've been involved in business, but you know, kind of specifically real estate, when did that kind of take place? And, and when did that kind of take off? Yeah, it's such a good question. And I, I see it as well. I, everything you just said, I agree with. Uh, so real estate started for me as more of a means to protect myself or take control away from my sponsor or employer and put it into my hands. And I was investing as an LP in everything. And that was more a function of, you know, at that time I recognized that skateboarding was my greatest opportunity. And I wanted to put as much basically of my time into capturing or maximizing that. And then I just wanted my dollars to work. Uh, it, 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 there wasn't much thought beyond that. It was a kind of a more vague or general view of it. Once we started our brewery, uh, we didn't have enough money to do it ourselves. We we had to create a business plan. We had to go raise money from investors, which myself and my partners had no experience doing. And there was a part of it that I really liked, like I you know the pitching and having to get you know trust with people to give you money because they believe in your vision and they believe that you can achieve it. I really like that. Then actually having to build it out and be mindful that you are running on a certain budget that if you don't get right, you're either going to have to go back to investors uh, or this is going to be a bad day. And then getting the business to a point of selling it and then paying everybody up. I mean, it, we, had a, we did well on it. So the, the return was insane. I loved that process start to finish. And then after that, I had a lot of skaters when my career ended that were calling me going, how did you do this? And after enough calls, I, I started thinking about what really happened in my life that helped me prepare for that, for kind of this moment. And I, what it kind of came back to was I had one person in my life that really spent time with me, educating me on money, money management, building credit, budgeting, investing, the whole nine. And then on top of that, even though we raised money for our brewery, our brewery was very high risk. It, it, it was, we were going to make everyone a lot of money, but the odds were totally against us. And there was a high chance that we lost everybody's money. That was the type of investment it was. And so when I started thinking about what I wanted to do next, I wanted to have kind of a two-part system. One, I wanted to educate my community, which was skateboarding back then, on how money and investing worked. And two, I wanted an investment that people could participate in that wasn't super risky because skateboarders, if you've ever seen them, were very comfortable with risk. And, you know, we're investing at an age that is that is very important, right? We're young, so we typically have the time frame to take on great risk. But for a lot of skaters, the, their their highest earning potential is in that window. 
and they have a career that's going to end early. So we're almost backwards in the sense of the traditional path is wealth build first and then get yourself to where you start moving into more cash flow and then your all cash flow basis is more, you know, traditional. Where skaters need the cash flow. They they need money to help them once the sponsors end. And I felt like real estate captured all of that. It captured cash flow, it captured appreciation, and it had a risk adjusted return or a risk that I was comfortable telling skaters, you can count on this being there when when your career's over. And then from that point on, once I figured out what I wanted to do, I went through the same process as the brewery. W what type of company am I going to create? Uh, what type of team do I have to, you know, come on to do this? And where do I need to educate myself? Because up until that point, I had business experience, uh, you know, raising money I could do. Uh, I had invested passively in real estate, which is different than active. Uh, and I wanted to do a fund structure. I had no clue what a fund structure meant. So I started the process of educating myself. And then I started working at bringing on a team to do this. So, so what is, so having that type of background and that type of, um, I don't know if I want to go as deep as to call it a why, because your why is probably, you know, more close to the heart, more close to the home, but that's still a, a pretty strong why having like that deep of a, like, you know, foundation built for growing your businesses. What I've noticed is, is a big separator. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, did it all. I went and invested in real estate or started this company to make money and to do that. But when you have, you know, kind of personal, you know, passions and things like that intertwined, like you just talked about are usually, um, a reason or a recipe for success. And, and, you know, I'm sure that your company is successful. So tell me a little bit more about that then. So you have all of that backing and you're like, all right, I've talked to people. It's a good mix for, you know, skaters and for everybody in general, but that's kind of where it started. So talk a little bit about your team and, and how you, you know, raise capital and find deals and all that kind of fun stuff. Okay. So I, I'm going to touch real quickly on something you said, because it's really important. Uh, my personality, I'm, I, there's an obsessive component to my personality, but I have to be interested in it. I was it, like in school is a perfect example. If I went to a, a, a subject that I could care less about, I was a terrible student. I, 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 you got nothing out of me. But if it was a subject I was interested in, I was the best. I, 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 it, I had an ability, if I had interest, to go all in on something. That's a good thing, but a, a, a problem as well. Uh, I experienced with skateboarding. Uh, I experienced in business, but the business had to have the why for me, for me to go all in. I, I just need that. Uh, so that component of why I was building it was absolutely necessary for me. When it came to building out the team, uh, you know, now, now you get into kind of more strategy. Uh, I myself, I always have to start with an operator. Like my skill set is not management. I, I am not the one who's here to create efficiency and make sure that the machine is always moving. My skill set is more on more of the vision. I, I, I'm, I'm creative. I know what I want to do. I can bring people in and I can drive people hard at it, but my energy can be sporadic. If it's not managed correctly, have to have an operator. So that was the very first thing I went to find was who was going to be the operator or ultimately the COO of our company. Uh, I needed to bring on, uh, at that time, it wasn't a, a chief investment officer. Uh, back then, I just needed a, maybe more uh, than a, an analyst. I needed somebody who was going to underwrite our deals, uh, but also was going to kind of manage 
uh, the finances of the business or kind of be the, the, the investment side of the company. Uh, and then from there, we needed uh, a, a, an accountant to kind of help us going. And so that was kind of the first group. And then uh, we went, got an asset, went to raise money. And then that started the beginning of, of what would basically become now. Uh, and for our company, kind of to give you context, we have about, oh gosh, 16 people on the team. Uh, we are just now opened our fifth fund uh, with a handful of syndications alongside of that. Um, I think we're managing, gosh, we're right in between 200 and $250 million of commercial real estate. So we're small compared to most for a skater. We're, we're doing our thing. You're, you're the Rockefeller of skaters, but like I, I get what you're yeah. there are, there are big, big, yeah. huge funds out there and yeah. big, huge, um, corporations. So I get that. But I mean, that quarter, quarter of a billion is, is nothing to sneeze at. Now, as far as raising money goes, you know, would you mind talking a little bit through your experience there? Because that's one of the biggest questions I get is, you know, how do you find money? And there's everywhere from trying to get, you know, $25,000 out of a family friend to finish up a rehab to trying to syndicate, um, you know, a $35 million apartment complex deal. So there, I'm right. sure me being one that hasn't done the syndication route, everything I've been able to do is through, you know, connections or friends of friends or, you know, business just growing through my other businesses, I've been able to get lenders that way, which so far I like. I like owning things and having them all be here local and, and not going the syndication route. I'm sure I probably will eventually, yeah. um, but who knows for sure. So I guess kind of talk to that if you don't mind a little bit, and I'm sure there's some common commonalities between trying to raise 25 grand from your neighbor and trying to you know get 250 grand for part of a fund. There's some differences, but I'm sure there's some similarities as well. Okay, so I'll start with uh, for you. You'll be raising money. It, you'll it, it's not a if it's a win. Yeah, probably. Uh, second, ra raising it, it, the the weird part is raising three million dollars is actually kind of easier than raising a hundred thousand dollars. Or it, it, it sounds weird, but you open up a different type of investor the bigger you go which brings on a new challenge because usually you don't have the experience. But uh, as weird as it sounds, sometimes the bigger amount is actually easier to achieve. Uh, some of the things in the beginning that you're going to face are different than as you start building that experience. In the beginning, you know, people are going to look at you if you've never done real estate or if you've never started a business as high risk. What do you know? And you know what we did in that time, which was St. Archer, we went at friends and family. It was anyone who knew us, the person, and and believed in us and was willing to give us a shot, we started with them. And then as you build experience and you start building a track record, then it makes it a little bit easier to pitch people who don't know you. So I would, I would start with that. As far as how I go about raising money, there's kind of three avenues in which I do so. One would be social media. The other would be uh, people within my network. Uh, that I've been working with. So maybe that would be similar to, to what you're currently doing. And then the third, uh, I am always going to events. So I'm still focusing on networking events and being seen, et cetera. Once you have your network, then you start working on how you pitch. And the, the magic to raising capital is not the pitch itself. It's actually the follow-up. The magic is made in the follow-up, right? So how I do it, and anyone could steal this model. Uh, I start by reaching out personally. 
So I'll do either a text message or a phone call to people that I have a relationship with and usually say, hey, I'm about to drop this new offering or this new project. I want to give you first look at it because I've been working with you, with you for a while. I appreciate your trust in me. I want to give you first shot, right? Now, one, I want to honor that because the people that did believe in me, believe in me early, I want to make sure I'm always saying thank you. But two, what that does is it hits a, there, there's, a psycho, there's a psychology behind it where they feel like they're getting early access to something. And then typically they act quicker by doing so. So I start there. Once I give them the first look, I then typically go at the masses on social, right? All of my social content is going to be, this is what we're doing. It's more quick, fast paced, and to generate excitement. Then once you either opt in or you're a friend of mine, I don't pitch anymore. Uh, this is something that I changed more recently in the last two years. Uh, I removed myself from the pitch because what I found, when I would be the one driving attention towards, towards leads, then I would be pitching people. Then I would go through the follow-up component. If I ever lost somebody or somebody got uh, a little bit sluggish in the pipeline, I lost the ability of having any authority uh, to come back and go, hey, dude, what's up? Let's do this. I wasn't able to push them. So I, I guess to, to, to simplify, you want to figure out how to frame yourself to be the authority, or you could call it the type A, or the one who is, let's say, up here. Because if, if your investor views you as way down here, they're never giving you money. And so after I get people in the lead, I then have somebody who pitches the investment. And then I have somebody who follows up on them. And then if anybody gets slow, then I get dinged. And then I come in and go, Sam, hey, uh, I know this opportunity is a, is a killer opportunity. I know Michael's spoken to you. You're, you're stuck here. What are your concerns? You know, is this the right investment? If it's not, we'll talk next year. But if it is, I want to make sure we get you in. And that gives me the opportunity to do that, where if I worked with you the whole way, I, I think you would probably just go into the didn't act camp. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And you're doing it on purpose. Obviously, it's intentional, but you, you're delegating a little bit. You, can, you only have so many hours in the day to follow up. And, um, you know, you have so many hours in the day to, you know, do whatever you want to do, because I'm sure you have a life outside of raising funds, right? You know, family, and I'm sure you like, right. can obviously have fun and do other things and maybe even other business ventures. So kind of along that vein a little bit, it are, what are your, you, you know, your kind of, kind of passions outside of, uh, outside of skateboarding and family and, you know, this fun, do you have other projects you're working on other businesses you're looking into, or is it just kind of, these are your focuses and you, you've been able to compartmentalize and grow, grow these enough that that's enough for you. That's good. So I just thought of something that I'm just going to touch on real quick. Do it. Uh, one thing that I one thing that I do every time, and seriously, it, it performs. So so use this. I go through my phone and find anyone who I think could be a potential investor of of what I'm doing, uh, and I text them. But I don't text. Th th this is how you launch. So I don't need to do this anymore. But but when I first would do this, I would text everyone. And go, hey, I have a real estate offering, or I have a real estate uh, opportunity in Long Beach. Uh, it's, you know, we're targeting this type of return. Do you have anybody who'd be interested? And it was awesome FOMO. because That's FOMO right there, it, it, it creates FOMO and gives you two leads on average out of it. So, so that's a phenomenal strategy. So use Thanks this. Thanks for plugging that. That's um, a good one. No problem. Uh, my day to day. So, uh, 
this this last year I ran for city council in in my neighborhood Thousand Oaks and I ended up winning so I just got elected to city council so other than my business that is my I guess it's not a business but there is time uh you know dedicated to that so I would say it's my family it's commune capital and then city council with those three things I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty much at max capacity uh, I'm kind of working on some new ways to create, you know, even more delegation so I can, you know, maybe free up for some other things. But right now, this is this is all I've got from the second I wake up till I go to bed. I'm uh, I'm fully loaded. I like it. I like it. So um, are you planning to do some more with politics? Is this kind of something you're like a, a passion project to help the local community or is this a stepping stone to, um, you know, to Governor Mikey? Yeah, you know what? I don't know yet. Okay. Uh, it was there. There. It, this wasn't a. Uh, I didn't build out like a ten to twenty year plan with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my wife and I. This is the area we grew up in, and we started talking about. You know, is this ultimately where we want to raise our kids, and are we hoping that our kids might live here and raise their kids one day as well? And once we got to that point, then the conversation of maybe we need to get more involved locally came into play. Uh, I have never done anything like this. So there's a, this. This is a there's a component of a test run with this where all I know is business. I, I know what it's like to come up with an idea, go get a great team, and then drive hard to bring that idea to reality. And then the 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 challenge of having to come up with a solution to everything that hits you, you know, day by day. That's all I know. Government doesn't work that way. It's a lot slower than what I'm used to. You don't get to, you know, handpick your team. And so I'm going to kind of come into this thing and go, this is what I'm hoping to accomplish. These are all the things I want to get done. And if I can, and this is a, 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 I can apply some of the stuff that, you know, you and I know over here into making our community better, maybe this will go more long-term. Uh, if I go into this and it's just like nothing gets done and this is a mess and now I know why everybody's so frustrated with politics, that might be short term for me. I like it. So you're going into it with hopeful expectations, but you're not, you know, you're not, you're not committing in the next 20 years of your lives to becoming a public servant for the government, but you never know. We're never know what it'll turn because I would think I'm kind of getting there. So I'm, I think you're, you're around my age. Uh, I'm 35. So I've, I'm, you know, not, you still got plenty of years in business and life left, but I've kind of done that little bit, same thing where you look ahead, you look around, you know, obviously we could make more money, you know, money's not an, you know, an issue, but I obviously want to make more. It's not like I'm, you know, pulling in anything crazy, but it's not even about that as much anymore. It's, it's more about impact and impacting the community and impacting, right. you know, the, the city I live in St. Louis. It's not the most exciting city. We don't got the weather you guys have, but I love it here. I'll probably have houses elsewhere one day, but this is where I want to be. So, you know, I've set my goals up to align with that. So bring an NBA team to St. Louis. Holy crap, Sam, you're an idiot. That's not going to happen. Well, I probably, I know that's not going to happen. However, if I'm working towards that goal, I'm making inroads with local government. I'm making the city more desirable. I'm doing things to help the community around here, which I will grow, I will live and my family will grow up in. Um, Because right now, St. Louis is probably like 50th on the list for NBA teams for expansions they're looking at. So it's similar that I'm, you know, not going the government route yet, probably won't, but looking beyond it, because you're not making any money with that, right? I mean, they're not very much money. It's taking away time from you. Yeah, correct. Like your 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 time spent on return is minimal there, but it's not just about the money, I guess, is what kind of I was getting at. Um, it's, it's, it's more about the impact. And I used to say I want to create generational wealth. 
And now it's that's true, but I want to create generational impact. And that, that kind of shift for me right. has created more wealth for me. It's kind of funny. The, the more that right. I focus on solutions and helping and community and actually giving a shit, the more money I make when before I just kind of was more focused on money. So I don't know if you've seen something similar along those lines or you've always been, you know, uh, you know, more focused on the community than I had at first. Yeah. Uh, that's a, uh, there is actually so much, so much wisdom in what you just said. Uh, I, I think when you're young, I think we look at, at, at the amount of money we can make maybe based on how hard we work or how much energy and time we're putting into something. Uh, I, I experienced something very similar to what you just explained though. Money in some regard is just a, a representation of the impact that you have made. Right. If you, you you look at like, you know, gosh, pick a pick a career. Let's say let's say you have a, a yard uh, uh, maintenance company okay. and you're able to, you know, maybe, you know, service 10 homes a day. So you, you'll pick off 60 homes a week if you take off Sunday. Right. You're going to get paid on on the, the service or good that you're able to do for those 60 people. Right. Which you've definitely added value to them. And what you're making represents that. But then go look at like somebody like Apple, right? You, you created something that made all of our lives better and has kind of radically changed everything. So there's a, there's a insane price gap on, on the impact and money made there than, than the other, right? Not to say that, that one service is greater, but if you look at it through the lens of people and how to magnify that impact over a larger scale, well, it ends up leading to more money. So I, I think that's probably the best way to look at it because then you could do good and then you have the, the opportunity to make money with it. Yeah, it's, you know, profit's not a, a negative word, right? I mean, some people look at it that way, but it, it's just money is just the, the best measuring stick we have, you know, in general. Now with social media and followers and likes and, you know, content, that, that gives us a little bit more of a measuring stick, but that's very, very recent as opposed to in general, having money is, is a great measuring stick. So no, that... That all is right. awesome information. Are you, are you ready to play a quick game before we get out of here? Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. So this is a um, game that me and my co-host and business partner, we own everything 50-50. We've been buddies since middle school. So we, uh, we, are, uh, we don't do the whole don't go into business with family and friends. We are in business with our family and friends, and it's worked out so far. But anyways, sure. saying that to say in college, we used to play this drinking game. And I got water in here, so don't worry. I'm not going to make you drink. But um, what we used to play was the net worth game. So we would, uh, into the evenings, um, occasionally, uh, we would just literally, a group of friends, we'd say, what is so-and-so's net worth? No, with nobody knowing the answer. And then everybody would guess, whoever got closest, you just Google it and, you know, whatever kind of Google says, not that it's accurate exactly, but it's close enough usually. And whoever got closest got the handout drinks. So we're going to play the net worth game and we're just going to take a guess at I'll Google on my phone. So pick anybody that somebody would know. It can be, it's hopefully someone you don't know their net worth. So an actor, um, you know a uh, musician, uh, you know, somebody, a politician, even somebody that somebody knows, and uh, you just throw them out there and then um, guess their net worth and I'll guess, then I'll look them up. Just just kind of a fun way to end it. Little Wayne. Little Wayne, okay. Little Wayne. And some of these are crazy high and crazy okay. lower than you think. What do you think Lil Wayne's net worth is? So you don't know either. I don't know either. Nope. I'm, I'm, my phone's down. I'm going to look it up. As soon as you guess, I'm going to guess, and then I'm going to look it up, and then I'll go. I, I usually like to, I'll, I'll pick another rapper. I usually like to stay in the same genre. I'll pick one I don't know either. Okay. 
So I'm going to say Lil Wayne. I'm going to put him at a hundred. Hundred. That's a good. That's a good guess. So I, I don't want. I think Bob, it might be high, but I'm going to go with a hundred. A hundred. I don't know. So I, I, and I'm not going to pick like ninety five or one hundred five. We like to get a little space in between. So I'll say. I think you might be a little high, but I'll cut the difference. I'll say fifty. So let's look up Lil Wayne's net worth. You said hundred. I'll say fifty, and then I'm I'm going to throw one at you. Lil, Lil Wayne's net worth. 150 million is what Wealthy Gorilla says. Ledger Note says 170. So usually they're all like around. So it looks like it's, I seen 150 to 175. So he's doing all so right. Is it closest to closest to. So uh, so would so, I would I so would I get that one? You give me a drink, or you hand out a drink to whoever. Usually, it was the <laughs> cutest girl in the room is okay. who we hand it to. Um, but okay, all right, okay. so now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go now. So um, a, a rapper. Let's go with. Let's go with um, how about just a, a um, I don't want to go too big of a name. I'm trying to think of somebody kind of in the middle there. Let's let's just do it. Let's go big boy. Let's Eminem. I'll, I'll guess first. Eminem. So you want to start? Yeah. Um, I mean he's been around a long time, right? And I know he probably wasn't always super smart with his money, but hopefully he's gotten there. He's released a ton of albums, movies. I'm going to go three hundred. Million, obviously. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. So I'm really just betting if I think it's over or under. Yep. I'll look it up Gosh, as you're, I'll look M &M, it up as you're doing I'm that. Going, I'm going 400 on M. Okay. M and so um, as we're talking about rappers, uh, Lucas, who's uh, my business partner, he's usually on here with me, he rapped on our 50th episode. So Lucas used to rap in college. He played basketball in college and used to rap. Um, so 50th episode, go back, look it up. He's It's like a three-minute rap. He raps about the team. And anyways, so if, if you're ever going to listen to the Faster Freedom Show, listen to episode 50. The end of it is Lucas rapping. It's pretty good oh, rap. Good. 200, 230 is what we got. 250, 230, 230, Dang. 250. Man. I don't know. I'm seeing six. That's a low ball. Yeah, I'm seeing. I saw six. That's a low ball for him. But I see a lot of two thirties on here. So who knows? And it's just for fun. Who really knows? I'll I'll let, let's let's. You, I'll give you that one. Let's go with the majority. Perfect. All right. So then you you got to take a drink now. So um, awesome. Well, I I appreciate you being on, man. Like I said, it'd be it'd be nice and quick and easy. Any anything you want to um talk to the audience about? Obviously, we'll have all your social media stuff kind of um below in in the notes, um, in the show notes, but anything, um, any way to contact you or any the best way if somebody wants to invest in, in your fund, what is the best way to reach out to you via social media or, or look for a post that comes out when you're looking to raise? Yeah, probably social media is the best. If you want to find me, just Mikey Taylor on, on any of the platforms, uh, for our business commune capital. Uh, I would say Instagram is kind of the, the big one for myself and the company, but TikTok is there where, where, TikTok is becoming that. So one or the other. Awesome. Well, great. Well, I appreciate you being on here, man. It, it was fun. I had a lot of fun just kind of getting to know you a little bit. And um, hopefully I feel like doing these kind of things, our, our paths may cross a little bit more in the future because I know I can I can learn a ton from you. And, and you know, the more high quality connections you can make, the better. So I really appreciate it. Appreciate you as well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you got some major value from our conversation. If you love what you learn, make sure you like, rate, review the show, and help us spread the word by telling a friend. If you'd like to learn more about working with me inside one of my programs, we'll have those links in the show notes, along with all our social media handles, so you connect with us there for free. If there's a real estate question you'd like us to answer, feel free to send us a message, and we'll cover it in an upcoming show. 